0: Welcome to Purposeful Profit, where i help you take your business to the next level. I'm Carla Motes, finance and strategy coach and fractional CFO for high-achieving female entrepreneurs. I'm here to empower women to build wildly profitable businesses that give them the freedom to live their dream lives. I'll use my more than 30 years of finance and consulting experience to take the mystery out of your finances, help you make more money, and go after your next big thing. Hello there, and welcome back to the Purposeful Profit Podcast. Glad to have you come back for another week. If you're new, I'd really like to welcome you and introduce myself. My name is Carla Motz. I'm the host of this podcast. And uh, one of the things you're going to learn about me is that I have a lot of passion for profit. It's in the title of the podcast. Um, I have a long history in corporate America of working with Fortune 500 businesses to achieve their revenue and profit goals. And in corporate America, Profit is the center of a lot of the discussions. Pretty much every decision that's being made is is being looked at from a profit angle. Yeah, we care about revenue, but what we would always be really focused on, whether it was in the short term or in the long term, is, you know, what's this do to our profit? And as I started my own entrepreneurial journey talking with business owners, this is very different in small business. In small business, there's really very little discussion of profit. Um, All discussion is around revenue. And I'm here to try and change that because profit is how you build generational wealth. It is how you have an impact on your business, on your family, on your community. And I really want to bring profit to the forefront in the discussions with small business owners the same way it is in corporate America, including this week. This week we're gonna be talking about scaling. So when you hang out with entrepreneurs with a vision for their business like I do, there's one thing you're bound to hear them talking about and that's scaling. Everybody wants to make more money, which is great. I'm you know, I'm always excited when I talk to entrepreneurs, especially female entrepreneurs who are really willing to talk about, you know, yeah, I want to make more money. Perhaps they're fully booked, perhaps they've maxed out their capacity, but for whatever, they wanna find ways to increase their revenue. I'm saying revenue here because pretty much every time I talk to a small business owner and they talk about scaling, they never talk about profit. They're always looking at it from, I want to grow my business to them equals I want to grow my revenue. And that's the thing. There's a word that's missing from virtually every discussion on scaling that I hear, and it's a really important word. Okay, you get three guesses. And if you've been around here for long, the first two don't count. That word is obviously profit. And the thing is that increasing your profit, specifically your profit percentage, which is the percentage of each dollar that you keep, that's the real point of scaling. The point of scaling actually isn't revenue. It's basically to improve your profit percentage. So today we're going to talk about the revenue trap that business owners ready to grow their business are falling into. I want to help you get super crystal clear on what scaling means from a financial terms, because I think there's a real lack of understanding of sometimes of what scaling really means. And then I'm going to give you three things to do before you start scaling so you can set yourself up for success. There's some things that I think business owners should be doing, like foundational steps that give them a much greater ability to come through scaling as a more profitable business. And I'm going to give you some details on what those are. All right, so let's dive in. Let's start with the revenue trap, okay? I've talked about it before. Most scaling discussions are totally revenue focused in the small business space. When a business owner says, "Yeah, I'm ready to scale," if I ask them what that means, that is pretty much always they want to be able to take, say, a smaller offer, maybe they have a one on one offer, you know they're working with high touch, container with clients and it's kind of maxed out its ability for them to grow that way because they don't have any more capacity so they want to increase their revenue and so they're often looking at okay can i take this high touch offer and how can i scale it up there's a fundamental belief they have that if i grow revenue profit will follow so if i'm making a hundred thousand dollars now and, you know, I'm putting $20,000 in my pocket. If I grow to $500,000, i am going to put $100,000 in my pocket. And that's simply not true. It doesn't bear itself out. In business terms, revenue is mostly a vanity metric. We all want to hit the next milestone. It starts off, you know, I want a 50K. I want to have a six-figure business. I want to hit a half a million. I want to become a seven-figure business owner but honestly, I don't really care much about your revenue. I really don't. My clients have all figured out how to sell. So it's not that I don't care if they know how to create revenue. Clients that are coming to me, they've already figured that part out. They figured out how to sell. They've created 20K plus months. But these same owners are often not paying themselves. They aren't making a profit. I'm working mostly with women who are building lifestyle businesses, and these businesses don't all look alike. Some of them are content to have a five, six hundred thousand dollar business, and some of them wanna to go to three to five million, but even the ones that want to go to three to five million, they don't wanna do it the old-fashioned way. They don't wanna be working 60, 70, 80 hours. They don't wanna be in a constant state of hustle. They want both financial and life freedom. And profit is the metric for financial and life freedom. Because profit is what allows you to pay yourself a good salary fund generational wealth. It allows you to fund investments in your business. It allows you to create that lifestyle that you want to create. So what I really care about is how much profit you are making, because that's what's allowing you to build the lifestyle business you want. Let's face it, we are service businesses. We aren't Amazon. I'm not working with high tech startups. We're not the latest hot tech company. We are our investor. We are the face of our brands. Yeah, when talking about scaling, I almost never hear anyone talk about profit. And, you know, I'm in quite a few large groups of business owners, and you just never hear them talking about profit. If I ask them, well, you know, what are your profit goals? I'll have to get hit with like the steer the headlights kind of look. I just think it's just this misunderstanding of how you really create growth and wealth in your business. And it's from profit. It's not from revenue. And the other thing I want to talk about is what is scaling? Because I think there's a misunderstanding of what scaling really means. The end goal of scaling from a financial perspective is to grow your revenue without growing your expenses at the same rate. So this allows you to become more financially efficient or profitable. So it means if I grow my revenue this year at 20%, I'm growing my expenses by less than 20%. That's the real goal. And what I often see in the small business space is that they're growing their revenues in leaps and bounds, but they're growing their expenses in even greater leaps and bounds. So they might grow their revenue by 10%, but their expenses are going up by, you know, it could be 12%, it could be 15%. And so in essence, their profit dollars may go up, but the percentage of money they're keeping is actually going down. So when not done correctly, when scaling is solely focused on revenue, the result is that your expenses are grow faster than your revenue, and you actually become less profitable. When that happens, the bills start to stack up, and the pressure is on for even more revenue. It becomes a vicious cycle. Okay, so I scale up, I increase my revenue, but my expenses increase at an even higher clip. Well, now I've got all these new bills to pay. And often these new bills come in the form of team that you've added. So now there's even more pressure to increase your revenue even more. And now your expenses increase even more. And so it just becomes this vicious ending cycle. And the end result might be seven figures, but you're bleeding cash and you're living sale to sale. There's a lot of seven figure entrepreneurs out there that are living sale to sale, living check to check. Instead of being a slave to a corporate job, they've really become a slave to the next sale. And premature scaling is a mistake I see so many business owners make. Scaling almost becomes like this default thing. Okay, I've reached 200,000, it's time to scale, or I've reached 100,000 even, it's time to scale. But there's three things that you should really be doing and getting locked down before you start scaling. And when you get these three things locked down, your likelihood of achieving the ultimate goal of scaling which is to grow your profit percentage and to become more financially efficient, will greatly increase because they help you lay a really good foundation. So I'm going to talk through these three things. And the first one is something I come back and harp on a lot, is to know your numbers and where you're spending your money today. Don't go scaling until you actually know where your money is going today. And I mean really know where your money is going. I don't mean I spent X dollars. Who are your vendors? What are the categories you're spending money in? So these are some of the questions you want to be able to answer. What are your major spend categories? How much does it cost you to acquire a client? Client acquisition cost is a key metric you want to be tracking. What is your cost of service or cost of goods sold? Most of my clients are typically service-based business owners. So cost of goods sold, cost of service. But what is your cost to deliver your service? What's the lifetime value of your clients? So the clients that you have now, you know, what's their lifetime value of them? Do you have five to seven KPIs that drive your business financials that you're tracking and monitoring? And one of the big things is don't just take those financials that your bookkeeper sends you and follow them away. Really spend some time understanding them. I have a client right now who is pretty typical. She came to me when she's on pace for about 250K a year. But didn't understand her financials at all. She got this financial statement for the bookkeeper. She didn't really understand them. The bookkeeper didn't have enough, um, you know, knowledge to really sit down and explain the numbers to her. She wasn't paying herself. She had minimal profit. And again, I see that a lot where you know the business owners learned how to sell and could generate those consistent 20, 25 k months, but they're still not paying themselves and they don't have a profit. And so one of the things we've really focused on doing as we work together is we've identified some changes to her bookkeeping so that she can better understand her numbers. So she's going to have much better visibility. She has quite a few contractors, but she doesn't have a real good grasp on, you know, what's her total spend on contractors every month? What's it costing her to provide her current offer? When we looked at her financials originally, pretty much all of her costs are sitting down in in what we call SG&A expenses, uh, which is sales general administrative expenses. So she didn't have any visibility to what's it actually costing her to deliver her service. She's going to have a better feel for what her overhead rate is. And your overhead are your costs that you encourage just to keep your business running that aren't tied to clients, but you need to consider that in your pricing. And it's always important to know, what is my overhead and what's a rate I need to use in my pricing considerations to make sure I'm recovering that overhead in my pricing. And she's going to give visibility to her client acquisition costs or what she's spending today to acquire clients. And in just a few months of working together, she's already got a much better understanding of exactly the cost structure in her business, where her money is going, and the financial dynamics of her business. And it puts her in a much better position to make business decisions as she starts to scale. Second thing you can do is I really want you to adopt a profit-first money mindset. Make profit the first thing, not the last thing. Okay, Profit First is a book. You can go out and Google it. I highly recommend it for small business owners. But basically what it does is it flips your standard accounting equation. Your standard accounting equation accountants use is revenue minus expenses equals profit. So when I say profit's the last thing, that's what I mean. In that equation, profit is the very last thing in the equation. And so it becomes reactive. It becomes something after the fact. It's become something that happens to you. And what profit first does is it flips the equation. It says revenue minus profit equals expenses. So now, you know, after I make the sale, profit's the very first thing. I'm going to take profit off the top. One of the things I always talk with clients about is whether they're using profit first or not. We want to set an intentional profit goal. When you use profit first, you're basically you're explicitly doing that. But even if you're not using profit first, one of the most powerful things you can do is set an intentional profit goal in your business. The profit first money mindset, regardless of how you actually execute it, basically says for every dollar of revenue, I'm going to allocate it into buckets for profit, for taxes, for owner pay, And then OPEX. And OPEX is now what's left. It's set up so that there's no one profit number that's correct. And you can constantly readjust your profit numbers. You can decide for the next two or three years, you're purposely and intentionally okay with a lower profit percentage because of where that's going to position you to be in a few years. Either way, you're making that decision upfront about what your profit percentage is going to be. And when you do this, it establishes financial discipline and intentionality before you start scaling. And one of the biggest problems that I see when businesses start to scale is they don't have financial discipline. They don't have intentionality with how they're spending money. One of the ways you, you reach those first levels of success as an entrepreneur, right, is you do a lot of experimentation. Throw a lot of things at the wall as you're trying to, you know, make the first 50,000, the first 100,000. But you get to a point where you want to be more strategic about how you're allocating your resources. You still want to conduct experiments, but you want those experiments to maybe be more, a little more strategic, a little more intentional. And when you do this, when you have this profit first mindset, It's establishing that financial discipline, that intentionality. And when you have that already in place, when you go to start scaling, you're going to have such a greater likelihood of success. It's going to help you keep from having an outsized business and ensure that as you scale, you're profitable as you scale. And once you have that OPEX bucket, then you're going to create a plan for that OPEX budget. And this is where you can really start to get creative and you start to look at, how am I going to allocate my financial resources? When you have a profit last mindset, you're not really thinking about how you're carving out your expenses. You're typically spending money more on a whim. You're less likely to really sit down and think through the ROI of decisions. And so the other thing the Profit First Mindset does is it helps you focus on finding operational efficiencies, get you out of the mindless spending. This just breeds creativity into your business. It breeds innovation into your business. When I worked in corporate, at one point I was managing a large team and it was a back office area. And whenever an employee would leave, my boss would tell me, he's like, well, you can't replace the person for four months. First, you need to try and find a way to become more efficient so that that role is no longer needed. And yeah, it was annoying at the time, but we made a lot of operational improvements, a lot of process improvements. We got a lot of automation that we wouldn't otherwise have had because it forced us to get creative. All right, and then the third thing you can do is do a strategic pricing review. This is something you really want to be doing periodically in your business on at least an annual basis, depending on your business. You know, maybe even as often as quarterly. There's hidden profit and revenue buried in your current pricing, i pretty much guarantee it. And this allows you, when you do strategic pricing review, which you're basically doing is before I go to scale, I'm going to go find the profit that's in my business without needing to go add new clients, work more hours, or go out and chase more dollars. And the other thing pricing discussions do is they bring up your dirty laundry around money. All your limiting money beliefs will come up. It's interesting, and I think this is especially the case with women because of a lot of the societal messages that we get sent about how we should act as women and about money is we're loath often to like increase prices. We'll do a lot of things, but see a lot of women business owners, they're loath to increase prices. But you can look at, is your current offer priced right? Are you trading time for money or are you pricing for value? You know, one of the quickest ways to increase your profit is if you are billing for time is get out of that model right now. Even in my space, you know, as a finance person and I do, you know, project work for clients, I really try and stay away from billing clients by the hour. I try and bill for the value, fixed price billing. So trading time for money is one of the things you want to get away from. How can you decrease your cost of service without sacrificing the client experience? Is your pricing taking into account your overhead? Is it taking into account your time? And this is a real gap if you're not paying yourself. If you're not paying yourself... Are you really thinking about the cost of your time? And typically what happens is you're spending more time servicing or providing the service than than often you're probably accounting for in your pricing. Okay, so first let's go make sure your current offer is priced right. You've got opportunities likely in your existing pricing. And then what opportunities exist within your core business to maximize your client's lifetime value to you? So before we go and we chase new clients, we're trying to scale up our offers. Your current clients already love you, okay? They already enjoy working with you. They want to pay you. You already have a relationship with them. And they are often one of your best places for higher margin offers. They already have an established relationship with you. They're going to be open to new offers from you in ways that new clients might not be. And it's much cheaper to keep an existing client than to go find new clients. What cross-selling opportunities do you have? What potential opportunities do you have to do upsells? Is there tier pricing that you can put in place? Are there subscription models? Especially for those who have very unpredictable cash flow, and I'll use coaches as an example, where they're collecting their income or their fee often upfront, so they'll have a really big month, and then they might fall by two or three months with no cash. Finding a way to create some type of subscription model which is just another way for recurring revenue, can also be a way to improve your margins. And how can you maximize your client retention? Because again, it's much cheaper to keep an existing client. than have to go out and get a new client. So how can you maximize your client retention? So the whole purpose of this is before we add new complexity to our business through new offers, new niches, things like that, let's go out and let's really maximize your core business by looking at your whole pricing structure. This will often also get you a lot of clarity on, okay, now this is the direction I want to go in my scaling. Okay, so maybe you identify a newer higher margin offer and maybe you're initially going to roll it out to your existing clients, but now this new higher margin offering is what you're going to really go focus on driving when you go to scale. So those are three things I really encourage you to do by laying these foundation steps. You're going to avoid the scaling pitfall of over-investing without a clear ROI. All right. Thanks for listening this week. I'm always glad to have you here. If today resonated with you, I'd love to invite you to have a conversation about your business. I work with service-based business owners like you on things like this every single day. I work with a limited number of clients at a time, but I would love to have a discussion with you. You can go to www.carlimunch.com forward slash work with me to book your call. And I will see you next week. Thanks so much for listening to the show. Remember that your finances deserve some love. Finance doesn't have to be complicated or overwhelming, and you do not have to do it alone. I'd love to talk to you about your business, so please come on over to www.carlamotes.com to learn more. Or, if you're ready for financial and strategy support that will up-level your business, go to www.carlamotes.com forward slash work with me to book your free financial assessment. And the last favor I'll ask is for you to help me get out the word. Tell your friends about this podcast and share it on your favorite social media. Until next week, go create some purposeful profit.